segment, I want to know who's favored by how much for the two big NFL games this weekend, please. The betting line. Are you a wagering man, or are you just curious about the collective wisdom? I've never of wagered. The crowd. It's called something or other. What's it called? Crowd. The, the wisdom of the crowd. The hive mind. Sure. Hive mind. That's nice. I I don't know if I've ever bet on a sporting event in my life, and I'm not going to start. But. Mm. Uh, but the line does what it does is tell you all sure. the millions of people who are concerned with this who thinks what. Yeah. And there's you know a certain uh, amount of science behind the fact that the crowd is often correct. I also tend to, close to I also it. tend to root for the underdog when I don't care who wins and I don't care who wins. Mm. The underdogs are not very underdoggy, I'll tell you that. Four great teams if you're into the football. How about if you're into the news and the politics and the current events and that sort of thing? It makes sense why the nation's media are clustered around Washington D.C. and New York. It's not a shock, you know. If you're gonna for instance, you cover my team of choice, the Kansas City Chiefs. I suggest you locate yourself in Kansas City. On the other hand, it is our belief and has been for many moons that with the the major media clustered almost entirely in Washington D.C. and New York City, they become part of the whole swamp they're reporting on and they're buddies with the people on TV are buddies with the politicians they cover and the lobbyists that bribe them and it all becomes this incestuous you know gook that really doesn't do us the consumers of media very much good this is something we believe for a long time i think there is uh, i think it's useful that the armstrong and getty show and shows like it exist we are not creatures of the beltway we are not creatures of of manhattan we see things like normal people with jobs and families and and you know the, the way normal people see government. That's kind of what we do around here. I thought it was on display in, in fine fashion on Brett Baer's terrific show uh, last night on Fox News during the panel segment, um, in which A.B. Stoddard of... Who does she work for now? Is she USA Today? or she not remember. the Hill anymore? The, she may be. Uh, these people change jobs a lot as all these publications are struggling to survive. But um, she got into a bit of an argument with Charles Hurt, who's with the Washington Times right now, about... Who cares about all the talk? Uh, hello. Uh, who who cares about the shutdown and how much? Uh, and here's how it went. Point of the federal government is not to create federal jobs. Uh, it, I'm, I, I feel terrible. I'm talking about the communities and- where those federal salaries are spent at the barber shops and the car mechanics and the gas stations and grocery stores there was a poll- that are completely upended by the fact that people have no paychecks to spend. I don't like polls, but there was a poll in the Washington Post last week that said <laughs> that of all the th- questions that it asked, the single biggest number w- was the 80% of people who said they ha- have no, uh, they, they, they've not been personally affected by uh, the shutdown. Well, the and then and, and then and then and, and, and then the second one was shows that the president is being blamed for this. So so people in Washington getting all worked up about this doesn't well, mean that the rest of the country cares. Charles Hurt's absolutely right. Anybody who adamantly and passionately and I like AB Starter. She's fine. She's pretty far left to where I am, but I love everybody. Um her I don't. I hate a lot of people. It's the it's the lunch counters in the barber shops and people care a lot of No, they don't. No, they don't. Those who care do care. But most people aren't noticing at all unless they, you know, go to a national park with their kids, forgetting that all this is on. And either you can't get in at all or you can't go to the potty, which is rough. You got to make it like a bear in the woods. Um, just bring it out with you again. It's disgusting to leave it there. Um, and it's it's my belief that 
the press, the pressure builds. The question of who will be blamed. If I didn't do this job, I, I'm not sure I'd think about it at all. No. Um, yeah, that started with uh, with her, her, her saying, people out in the country are really hurting, and him saying, I don't think many people care. And she was just aghast at that. Oh, she was angry. No, no yeah. the vast majority of people in this country, I'd say the vast majority of people don't know what's going on at all. And then there's a giant chunk of people that doesn't have any effect. I would on. say probably a plurality doesn't even know it's happening. It was You're a great right. example of I think they were kind of talking past each other, too, because she was saying an impact is here. He wasn't saying that impact doesn't exist. He's saying right. people don't care. It's not registering on people's radars right, right, as a right, right. big issue. Right. Yeah. In most of the federal government exists outside of Washington, D.C. I should probably point that out. Um and 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 those people who are getting screwed, and you are getting screwed, and I feel really bad about it. I really do. I'm not, you know, I don't lack compassion for oh. the individuals involved. If it's happening to you, it's the biggest story in your life. Oh, sure, But yeah. it has had zero effect on me, and I think everybody I know. John Stossel wrote a great piece recently. Um, Stossel, the bemustached libertarian thinker. Who we've interviewed many times, and it's hard to pull something out of him for some reason. You know, it's funny. Yeah, on the phone... He's so he's so reticent to speak. Did did you hit on his wife at some point, or did I say something harsh? Uh, I, know, I enjoy a cocktail now and again. Maybe I got a little uh, mouthy. I don't recall it. Part of his whole libertarian thing. I think this does hold back libertarians. Is um, libertarians? T- t- I think tend not to be hey look at me people. It doesn't really fit in with the right, right. With the, or want to be involved with a lot of other if, people. If your thing is, I want to be left alone all the time, right. you're not really like practicing the art of being on stage in front of tens of thousands of people getting him to chant something. Right. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But there are a couple of key phrases that I absolutely love from this. And, you know, it's funny, I'm torn. Sometimes I'll see something like this and I'll read like this particular sentence I'm looking at and think, wow, that's great. Everybody needs to hear this and remember it. And then I'll think... How do people not already know this? This is what the country's founded on. Did you read the money and you'll get enough information to understand that it's not supposed to be a big government? Anyway, uh, John Stossel said he's talking about the shutdown. Pundits talk as if government is the most important part of America, but it isn't. We need some government, limited government, but most of life, the best of life goes on without government. Many of the best parts in spite of government. You know, there are like three and a half more pages, and it's really good. I hate to go on because I hate to dilute the power of that simple couple of uh, sentences. Most of life, the best of life, goes on without government. Many of the best parts in spite of government. While pundits talk as if government is the most important part of America. I think that's part of how no doubt. so no many doubt. people have fallen for the big lie we were talking about not too long ago, that the government's going to solve all your problems. That's a bizarre place to look for a, a, a savior for your problems, unless your problems are an invading army, crumbling highways, or a very, very limited set of, of problems. I'm unhappy. I don't make enough money. I'm afraid my neighbor isn't feeding their baby enough. Looking to government to solve that is a mistake. But, you know, that's my deal, and... Everybody knows it, I guess. Of course, the shutdown's a big deal to the 800,000 people who aren't being paid, Stossel writes, but they will get paid. Government workers always do after shutdowns. Columnist Paul Krugman, 
rolls eyes, uh, called this shutdown Trump's big libertarian experiment. But it's not libertarian. Government's excessive rules are still in effect, and eventually government workers will be paid for not working. That makes this a most unlibertarian experiment. During shutdowns, government tells non-essential workers not to come to work. But if they're non-essential, then why do we pay 400,000 of them? And he goes on in that vein. We'll have a little more uh, for you in a moment or two. It's good stuff. There's also the fact that if you are a government worker, you're almost immune to ever losing your job. The rest of the country's not that way and has either lost their job and missed paychecks at various times through no fault of their own either. It just happens. I don't care who you are and where you are, unless you're, you know, out in the uh, the Yukon listening or something. There are 800,000 people within an hour's drive of you who've lost their jobs or been laid off or furloughed or had their hours cut or are now working two jobs or whatever in the private sector. And that is not to say that I don't have sympathy for the individuals, as we've said many times. No, and particularly because they can solve the problem today. I mean, right, a, right. So it's, an, it's a parade of stupid. Yeah. On the other hand... It's not a national tragedy. Apple's Tim Cook warning us all about the hidden economy that is all the people profiting off of your data that should belong to you. Among other things, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't care if Monday's blue, Tuesday's gray, and Wednesday too. Thursday, I don't care about you. It's Friday, I'm in love. Would you classify this song as a guilty pleasure? Crank it up, Michael. Crank it up. I don't feel guilty about it at all. I like the cure. What's the disease? Um, you know, a lot of people are in love with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I just got to say AOC. I can't That's say fun. her name. That's fun. So she uh, gave her first speech on the House floor yesterday, quickly made C-SPAN history as it was the most tweeted C-SPAN speech by any congressperson since they've been doing that by a it. lot. Um, What's by she either, talking about? By either Mixing party. a proper gin Ricky? The usual. Um, but we, 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 as we talked about yesterday, she's got a lot of power. She, she's got more power than CNN does, for instance, at this point with her Twitter following and everything like that. Oh, it. clearly. And you know, one of the reasons I think she's so popular, in addition to the fact that she's attractive, I think that helps her a lot. Mm-hmm. People believe, and you're right to believe this, she means what she says. She is sincere. She is not right. phony. And that's one of the reasons Donald Trump was successful. He meant he wanted to build a wall. He's fighting for it now. Uh-huh. He meant he wanted to go to battle with China, even though getting all kinds of gruff from all sides. He meant that stuff. Yeah. Authenticity Bernie, is rare and valuable. Yeah. Bernie, same way. The most Elizabeth su- Warren, uh-uh. The most successful politicians of, of recent memory have been people that you think, oh, yeah, they actually believe that. That's what they, that's the, to their core. I heard the idea, or I'm sorry, I heard the other day that Elizabeth Warren used to be Republican. I missed that somehow. I did too. Boy, she's evolved or devolved or something. So getting back to the Stossel piece that I love so much about the government shutdown, talking about, um, you know, the key phrase to me is, Pundits talk as if government is the most important part of America. Absolutely. But well, it I, isn't. I think because they believe that. That's, that's their worldview. You know, if I could leave the good folks with one thought from the entire run of the Armstrong and Getty show, now well over 20 years, believe it or not, um, is that thought. 
pundits talk as if government is the most important part of America, but it it isn't. It, there was an extra it in there. Can I take that it out? But can you edit that after the show, Mike? Thanks, bud. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. So anyway, Stossel writes, during the shutdown when Barack Obama was president, government officials were so eager to make a point by inconveniencing people that they even stopped visitors from entering public parks. I remember that, and we had advocated people just going into the parks and saying, arrest me. Trump's administration isn't doing that, so PBS found a new crisis. Trash cans spilling. Park services can't clean up the mess until Congress and the president reach a deal. But volunteers appeared to pick up a lot of the trash. Given a chance, private citizens often step in to do things government says only government can do. The Washington Post ran a front-page headline about farmers reeling because they aren't receiving government support checks. Why do farmers even get support checks? One justification is saving family farms, but the money goes to giant farms, the vast majority of it. Giant corporate farms. Government doesn't need to guarantee the food supply. Another justification for subsidies. Most fruit and vegetable farms get no subsidies, yet there are no shortages of peaches, plums, and green beans. Subsidies are a scam created by politicians who get money from wheat, corn, cotton, soybean. Those farmers should suck it up and live without subsidies, too. Uh, We the people on this farm... Then he talks about the New York Times shrieking shutdown curtails FDA food inspection. He mentions the Department of Agriculture actually does most of the inspecting. And meat producers and companies keep their meat safe, not because they're afraid of the government, but because they'll go out of business if they poison their customers. Ask Chipotle. Why is Chipotle under such tremendous pressure? Because the government's yelling at them? Or because people, you, me, stayed away until it was clear that their tacos wouldn't give you the runs? Do you think if Oscar Mayer heard that, hey, they aren't inspecting the meat, go ahead, sell green meat now. Yes. You think that would work as a business model? Yeah. I love this. Lazy reporters cover politicians. Interviews, interviewees are usually in one place, Washington, D.C. Interviewing politicians is easier than covering people pursuing their own interests all over America. But those are the people who make America work. While pundits and politicians act as if everything needs government intervention, the opposite is true. Finally, he points out, even security work is done better by the private sector. At San Francisco's airport. SFO. Security lines move faster. Passengers told me, Stossel, the screeners are nicer. The TSA even acknowledged that those screeners are better at finding contraband. That's because San Francisco, like Kansas City, Seattle, and a dozen smaller airports, privatized the screening process. Private companies are responsible for security. Private contractors are better because they must compete, perform badly, and they get fired. And as our good friend Tim Sandifer of the Goldwater Institute has pointed out many times... If you fail in the private sector, you get fired or threatened with firing and you get your act together or you're fired. If you fail in the government sector, you get more money. Yeah, uh, individually and as a group. If you fail in the in the public sector, if your restaurant goes out of business, it closes and it's gone. If your department fails in government, yeah, you get a bigger budget. If clearly, you, clearly you need more money to do what you're doing. You want a little proof all this? Uh, listen to those 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 Constitution-waving extremists, Armstrong and Getty, with their rants. How about if there were an agency? I'm making this up. This is just completely from my imagination. How about you had an agency that was tasked with dealing with, let's see, a group of human beings that was universally respected and loved, and it was universally agreed that we owed it to that group of people to give them everything we had promised. Let's say, for instance, it's veterans. And let's say that administration for veterans was utterly corrupt and abusive 
and run by liars and cheaters and those who would deny medical care to the very people who have ensured our freedom. Now, surely you could fire people in droves who did something that horrific and inexcusable. You could you could shut that thing down and reopen it afresh, or you could privatize everything it does because everybody agrees how important it is and how badly it had been done. Yeah, how's the VA reform going, Mr. and Mrs. America? I rest my case. So who's favored by how much for the football game, Sean? What do you know? So both the home teams are favored by about three points with the over-unders both in the mid-50s. So these are mirror images of each other. The over-under refers to the number of total points that will be scored. Yes, uh, and the the home field advantage, typically kind of rule of thumb for Vegas bookmakers, is about three points. So these these are essentially pick'em games with a slight edge going to the home team. Oh, man! Yeah, you're right. So the Chiefs are favored by three over the Patriots, and the Rams are favored by three over New Orleans? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Wiley Drew Brees, his co-40-year-old rock star. What's his name? The pretty one. Pat Mahomes. No, he's not 40. Oh, no, the Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah. How can I forget Tom Brady's yeah. name? He's uh-huh. older than him. And then you've got the young phenoms. Oh, it's going to be exciting. What's coming up your news, Marshall? Grounding the speaker takes another weird turn in the hot new asset that should be part of your investment portfolio. It's a better investment than gold or silver. Cantaloupe futures. we got to reread that Trump tweet. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. The show that's going to be pitched the most during the Super Bowl, I believe, is going to be Celebrity Big Brother. Uh, it's getting a lot of run, and um, we'll have to go through the lineup for it. It's, it's one of the great lists of, uh, of abhorrent D-list celebrities that have ever been put together in it one is, place. It is astounding. <laughs> As the politician once said about his, uh, his, his rival, like a mackerel by moonlight, it shines and it stinks. It is an astonishing achievement in bad. <laughs> Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is now canceling her backup plans to take a commercial flight to Afghanistan. Yeah, she reread the uh, the flight listings there and realized there are 11 connections. She was actually going to fly commercial? That's what her office is saying. For her seven-day trip? Is that even possible as the Speaker of the House? How do they do security on that? A statement from Pelosi's office is blaming President Trump for leaking details of the visit a trip to visit U.S. troops. Yeah, it's a secret trip. I mean, that, those trips, you know you know how they work. Right. We find out on the news that Trump or whoever visited the troops today. Right, they for security tell, reasons, yeah. of course. But if she flew commercial, wouldn't the whole plane have to be secret service for her and her staff? I have no idea how this was supposed to work out, but now she says, I'm not going to do it because or the she president... she's just going to be in Group B, standing there with her bag, <laughs> checking her ticket. Hope I get my carry-on on. on. Uh, This coming after Trump canceled the partial government, or cited the partial government shutdown and canceled Pelosi's use of a military jet to travel to Afghanistan. And he canceled that trip as Pelosi and the other congressional members that were going were on the bus to leave the Capitol for the airport. You know, if you're into childish and resentful pranks, this is a great one. On the other hand, as we said, I think letting her go might have been a good idea. Although she's, you know, going to visit the troops, which always looks honorable and patriotic, and the rest of it. But he was, if he was to say, look, she was in Hawaii for a week. Now she's in. Now she's traveling to Brussels for a week, and 
stopping in Afghanistan to make it look good. And these poor, poor federal employees are still, I'm standing here ready to make a deal. Would somebody please make it? I think that, that would play pretty well. I don't know how many to the people. extent anybody cares. I don't know how many people she travels with. I'm thinking it's got to be 20, 30. What do you think? I would think Staff and security. Adam Schiff was going too, okay. among yep. others. Yeah. But so all these people were, were going on a week-long vacation. And it got Paid canceled. Paid for by you, suckers. And it got canceled while they were getting on the bus. Wow, I would love to have seen the reaction. All of them on the bus. What were they saying to each other? Were they cussing Trump? And I have a feeling their phones were blanker. Their phones were going off, and Adam Schiff was saying, uh, "I just got a message from my chief of staff, and everybody else's phone is going off." What? Can Wait you a do minute. that? Did you, uh, wait, what? Hilarious. The president in a letter. It's completely inappropriate. The president. But- Hilarious. The president in his letter uh, writing as follows, Due to the shutdown, I'm sorry to inform you that your trip to Brussels, Egypt, and Afghanistan has been postponed. We will reschedule this seven-day excursion when the shutdown is over. He goes on to say, In light of the 800,000 great American workers not receiving pay, I'm sure you would agree that postponing this public relations event is totally appropriate. I also feel that during this period, it'd be better if you were in Washington negotiating with me and joining the strong border security movement to end the shutdown. And then he closes with, obviously, if you would like to make your journey by flying commercial, that would certainly be your prerogative. And that was in the letter he sent yesterday. Here's a little perspective, because those of you who think that Trump is being childish and tit-for-tat-ish, etc., and this, eh, I can kind of see your point of view, but... What was totally downplayed and soft-pedaled by the mainstream media was the enormity of the Speaker of the House saying, hey, maybe you shouldn't show up for the State of the Union. That's never been done in times of war and recession and repression and regression and and uh, depression and <laughs> concession. Stop me. Somebody hit me. Um, it's just it's never happened. And to do it over a partial shutdown of a quarter of the government, that's pretty damn questionable. But your your big mainstreamers are saying, oh, well, yeah, business as usual seems very odd. Oh, stop it. We were turning back the Nazis, and we went ahead and got a State of the Union. When's the last time Nancy Pelosi's been on a commercial flight? 40 years ago? Be a long time, I'll bet. And stewardesses were wearing ascots and short skirts. <laughs> oh, guys were a, wearing suits. Can you book a flight to Afghanistan? On like one a, day's notice? It's like 11 connections. Do you just go to orbits or whatever and type in Kabul as your destination? And Right. Exactly, yeah. You fly from uh, from D.C. to LAX. Right. To Salt Lake City. Earth. To Seoul, South <laughs> Korea. <laughs> South Korea. <laughs> to Pyongyang. To Moscow. To Mars. <laughs> back to Moscow. And then to Cairo. And then you get a puddle jumper from Cairo. And you get a camel. You exactly. take it through the Pashtun region. And then a rickshaw. Before you know it, there you are at the Kabul Hilton. <laughs> now, this information is important for Positive Sean and others now in the investment classes. The hot new asset for investors to amass Lego sets. <laughs> they may be more lucrative than investing in stocks and bonds. Sounds great. Signed, beer cans and beanie babies. <laughs> So, but you got to keep them pristine in the box, right? And not open them and stuff like that, yeah. Now, I I will caution you. This information is coming out of a new study issued by Russia's Higher School of Economics, but... You're colluding! Russia's colluding! But it turns out older Lego sets often sold online for many times their original price. In fact, they say... 
They are. That's in- because only a really, really weirdo <laughs> would have a twenty-year-old Lego set with all the pieces still in the box. <laughs> Taking a look at Lego values over the years, analysts found collections used for Hogwarts castles and Jedi starfighters. Beat large cap stocks and bonds, yielding an eleven percent profit a year. Uh, you know, I, I, honey, do we have any, uh, any of those Hogwarts Castle sets? We, I know we did. We bought a couple of them for our kids, right? Man, are those expensive? Oh Ooh. yeah, yeah. We, we, well, we've got. I think we've got every Lego thing that can be purchased. Oh man. Um, uh, last night, get out of yep. bed. I stepped in a pile of Legos, not just one Lego, but right. like, like a walking on hot coals Lego challenge. Beautiful. When, and it was just, ah! and then my other foot came down and, ah! oh, Yikes. Something. Yikes. Uh, just a word of caution. It turns out The Simpsons is the only Lego theme that has lost value. It's gone down by 3.5% on no, average. Oh, loser. Sell. So there you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. There you go, Squawky. Um, mm. What flavor do we want? Butter pecan? I do love butter pecan. Good old timey ice cream. Um, I got Tim Cook, who's trying to get some laws passed in this country to protect our personal data. And a boy, Tim. And I and I hope he's successful. I think he will be. I don't know why we're so slow to react to this. You ought to come on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Yeah, I would love that, actually. Um, so stay tuned for all that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm your Cube can be solved in 20 moves. It took 30 years for them to figure that out. You ever do the Rubik's Cube? My kids never have one. successfully. No, I never finished one, but I could do quite a few sides. I spent many hours working on that, which I actually don't see as a waste of time. I'd like to have back the hours in my life I spent watching NFL football games, for mm. instance. I'm not, I'm fine or with playing the that little beep 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 uh, video game. I gotta believe like the, the Rubik's video game. Cube had some benefit to your brain. I knew but, a couple of guys who could do it in under a minute. And right. They tried to explain to me how to did it. Did do they, it. Then they then they, they understood that it was like trying to explain calculus to a dog, and they gave up. I don't think you could get <laughs> the Rubik's me. <laughs> I don't think you could get the Rubik's cube going now because somebody'd immediately put online how to do it, and then that would travel around. And I don't know, but me and my friends spent. So many hours. I was on the school bus for an hour and a half every day. Right. Um, did it on the school bus, but as pre-internet, pre-lots of things. Can't imagine anybody doing that now. But yeah, it can be solved in 20 moves. Why did it take 30 years to figure that out? I don't know. Somehow it did. Nobody cared enough to try? I don't know. Um, uh, it took uh, processing through computers to actually do the math and figure out at most you would wow. need 20 moves. Uh, but the big political story of the day, if it turns out to be true, BuzzFeed is reporting that Trump told Cohen, says who Cohen, to to lie to Congress. Which polls? About their uh, dealings in Russia. Mm-hmm. And if they can nail that down, that's suborning perjury. That's telling somebody to lie in a, right. when they're in a, 
An official setting, I guess, is the uh, actual legal term. Of course, if you ask Michael Cohen for the time of day, he'd lie just to stay in practice. (laughs) So, as witnesses go, that's a little rough, and that's the sort of thing that's tough to substantiate. Unless they can. But I will tell you this. The the problem that the the, the Trump-hating media has created for themselves is the little boy who cried wolf. If Brian Williams tells me every single night... That we're now to the point of impeachable offenses. If you do that every night for two years, eventually, when you tell me this one, it doesn't land with much of a thud. I love the way you phrased it earlier. How he leads with, uh, today is the day that will be cited by historians. As the day, again, again with that, Brian? I am not. That's 23 of the last 31 days. I am not exaggerating that I've I've, I've heard him say that, I don't, 20 some times. Yeah. This is the day historians will mark as the beginning of the end of the Trump presidency. Right. Every night he starts with day 713 of the Trump presidency, and this is the day that we've moved into impeachable territory. He says that every night. MSNBC says that all day long. So how am I supposed to know when something real is happening? Right. But if the president did tell somebody to lie to Congress, that could definitely be a problem. Sure. Yeah, yeah. because you're under oath generally, or, or there are various laws about making a false statement and the rest of it. I still... Again, I say, you know, Congress people lie like rugs. You can go into the FBI. They can lie to you a hundred different ways, but you lie to them and you got to go to jail. I'm not sure that's a free society, but we can talk about it. There is a, there's a, an impeachable offense. There's also a, uh, well, I just think we should do it at the ballot box. I, I still don't think we're into the territory of, oh, my God, we can't have this person in office another day. I don't think that's where we are, no matter what. Uh, in in a, well, We've got an election going on soon, and uh, you know, if the country decides they're bothered by this stuff, then when the report comes out, then you, you get something new. For a variety of reasons. Uh, uh, Donald J's uh, powers were significantly diminished by the midterm election. And, you know, if in it's going to seem like a cup of coffee from now, the presidential election goes the same way. There you go. If you had to. And the, and the uh, Republic will endure. You never play along with this game, but I'll try for okay, the. Okay, I'll try. You know what? I'll today's, try for the upteen. Today's time. Friday. You're, uh, how long have we been doing it? I owe it to you. Go ahead. If somebody was going to force you to bet $1,000. Yes. On whether or not Trump is reelected, would you bet yes or no? <sighs> Sorry. Well, <laughs> shut up. You shut up. It's not the Sean show. It's the Armstrong and Getty show. If I want to think about it for a second, I get to think about it. You I, snickering I, ass. I think we were just expecting you to bail out because you always do. No, I'm not going to bail out. If okay. I had to bet, oh, man, I got it's like solving a Rubik's Cube. I got to crunch a bunch of stuff. If I had to bet $1,000 in some sort of bizarre compulsory casino. <laughs> sit down! Play blackjack! I don't like black. Sit down! Um, I, I hate this casino. <laughs> Why do we always come back? Have a cocktail. Do I have to? No, that part's voluntary. All right, then give it to me. They have a great buffet, but they force you to bet on things you have no interest in. Or knowledge about. I hate to say this in a way. If I had to bet, <sighs> crunching all the, the measures of conventional wisdom and polls. What polls? <sighs> Some of them, all of them. Okay. I guess I would vote no. Really? It's just, it's a little too chaotic, a little too stressful. I think Americans are going to, let me put it to you like this. Everything's a reaction to what happened before it. In life, in romance, in politics, 
these have been somewhat hectic uh, days. I see America going for some sort of calming presence. Just out of, uh, I want things to calm down. The governor, Montana. Uh, what's his name? He's running. Nobody knows it. Doesn't matter. Somebody like that, I would say, just as a professional handicapper, as a bettor, I would guess that's what's going to happen. Well, I lost all credibility on this, as I did uh, say I would eat my truck if Donald Trump was ever the nominee of the Republican Party. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was long before it, I ever thought he would run. But um, if I had to put $1,000 down, I think he gets reelected. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think the backlash against the nonstop Trump hatred, I think that's what gets him gets him reelected. People just saying, you know, I got problems with a lot of this stuff, but I'm just so tired of you people right. telling me I'm a racist or I'm wrong or any of this stuff. Well, on the swamp lashing back. Yeah. Oh, now, yeah. now, listen, it's funny. I've been thinking this for a long time, and finally I'm going to say it on the air. I think we ought to have some sort of procedure where every time we make a p- prediction, we couple it with a degree of certainty. Because my, uh, number one, I take no pleasure in saying I think mm, probably he's going to lose. Um Number two, my level of certainty is very, very low on that. Flip a coin. Tell me how it comes up. That'll be my guess. Hmm. I don't know. Um, how how confident are you in your prediction? Oh, not not tr- terribly. Yeah. Too chaotic. I think there's still at least a, a non-zero chance that he doesn't want four more years of the most difficult job he's ever had in his life. Difficult and frustrating yeah. and frequently stupid. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I've been saying that for a long time. I'm glad yeah. you reset it. Boy, we got two years left. Oh, that's a long time. Well, and listen, folks, here's here's the real reality of it. I- events intervene. There's going to be... That's why there's a huge payoff if you predict a Super Bowl champion in August. Yeah. And not so much if you predict it right now. There's going to be a major world event of some sort, unfort- and it'll almost certainly be bad. Yeah. Uh, economy war something. So yeah, then on then all all bets are off. Little fathead makes it infinitely clear he ain't doing nothing. Nuke wise, there's talk of another summit maybe in Vietnam between uh, fathead and Donald J, um, the president. And um, uh, I think after that is done, we're gonna have four to six months of diplomats announcing that they're working like crazy behind the scenes to do denuclearize the Korean Peninsula. But then after about four to six months, it becomes infinitely clear that nothing's happening. And we're back to a war footing uh, with with the runt and his, uh, his military. So that could be big. The history of, of course, this... you know, nobody has cracked that nut. Nobody. Everything's different now. Nothing that has been true before needs to be true now. Wouldn't you agree with that? Kiss is still a kiss. Well, that. But I mean, <laughs> conventional wisdom about anything politics-wise, th- there's no point. It's barely useful. Barely. Yeah. Barely useful. Right. Um, so I wonder if this is true, and this would really be troubling. If we had a military something, the history of these things is everybody rallies around the leader. George Bush was, uh, you know, he lost the popular vote. 9-11 comes, he's at 95% approval. Mm-hmm. Um. But would that happen with Donald Trump? Would the with the with the half the country or whatever that really really hates Donald Trump? Would they stay? I'm anti-Trump even through a major crisis. I wonder. That'd be something. You're trying to navigate some really rough terrain, and you're still at forty some percent approval. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's one possibility, and trust me, this is something I really really don't want to say out loud, and I'm not even going to use the R word. I'll just tell you this. The economy's been growing for a long time. Very slowly for quite some time. Now a bit more rigorously. There are two years before the election. Perhaps you've read. And perhaps you've been instructed in school. 
that the economy often moves in cycles, and after an up, you get a down. Sure. If there's a big, fat, nasty down, well, that's one of those events intervening. So I don't know. It's so hard to say. I tell you what, though. If you're a new listener to the show, uh, I, Joe Getty, uh, I said many times my uh, my uh, ticket was campaign. uh, I'm sorry, was chaos and ugliness in the 2016 race. In fact, Sean's wearing the chaos and ugliness T-shirt. Thank you, fabulous. Um, I guarantee chaos and ugliness during the 2020 race. I mean, like unprecedented Roman Empire. You got to turn away from it. Chaos and ugliness. Celebrity Apprentice. I think this is going to be the big push during the Super Bowl. You're going to hear Celebrity this. Celebrity Big Brother? Celebrity Big Brother. I'm sorry. Celebrity Big Brother. Yeah, I don't know if you know the wow. host of The Apprentice. Whatever. He's busy. Whatever. Yeah, he's the president now. Celebrity Big Brother, hosted by Julie Chen, who's married to the scumbag, right? Wait a minute. Yeah. Mar- yeah. Married to Les Moonves? Yes. So, yeah. so the host is its own controversy. There are lots of hot girls that can talk. Can't they get a different? Well, why am I putting her out of work? <laughs> Only one's married to the boss. <laughs> Here's some of your celebrities and Celebrity Big Brother. If you follow sports, you know Ricky Williams act, a real kookula football player. Stoner. He's a doper. Uh, Anthony Scaramucci from politics. Oh! <laughs> um, Lisa, uh, uh, Lindsay Lohan's mom, Dinah Lohan. You're sitting there in your little tie and your little shoes. Ryan Lochte, who's a drunken nut job. Kato Kalin, who's a nut job. OJ did it. Uh, I don't know this person from Blossom, Joey Lawrence. Lolo Whoa. Jones, who I know is a train wreck, is going to be on the show. Wow. Tom Green, who's a complete kookla. The comedian? Do you remember him? Yeah. Absolutely nut job. So there's going to be some good stuff on there. Looking forward to that show, huh? Is there kind of cameras in, in, in a mental institution? <laughs> <laughs> you, you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.